Hello, I'm Alison Larkin, writer, comedian, narrator, and host of The Jane Austen Podcast. Join me as we embark on a journey through Austen's timeless stories, starting with Pride and Prejudice. The Jane Austen Podcast with Alison Larkin is available wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome back to Angel on Top, a podcast where we watch and discuss every episode of Angel one by one, spoiler free, and in tandem with our arch nemesis, Buffering the Vampire Slayer. I'm your co-host Latoya Ferguson, aka the Cordelia Chase of the Buffering Verse, aka Bones, aka one half of the Gun Squad. Bang bang, bang, bang. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> aka Theodore K. Mullins, aka Gilly, aka lover of long-winded bits. And I'm your co-host, Morgan Ludich, a.k.a. the Winifred Burkle of the Buffering Verse, a.k.a. also Bones, a.k.a. the other half of the Gun Squad, Bang Bang, Blap Blap, a.k.a. <laughs> Frank Scavopoulos, uh, a.k.a. Sorry, a.k.a. also a lover of long-winded bits. <laughs> and this week we're watching Angel Season 3, Episode 14, Couplet. Couplet was written by Tim Manier and Jeffrey Bell and directed by Tim Manier. It aired on the WB on February 18th, 2002. And this is the one where the Grooselug's sudden return leaves Angel feeling petty, just as Gunn and Fred's burgeoning romance causes Wes to feel on the outs. Previously on Angel. Angel's son is part of the prophecy. Everyone and everything will be coming for him. I meant the baby. I meant the hot mama. <laughs> Wesley's friend and gun smooch. Kai Rumption. Pylea. Princess Cordelia Pylea. She has to come shuck with the Grusalug. Sounds dirty if you ask me. <laughs> if they come shuck, her visions will pass on to him. So no can do. Angel has feelings for Cordy. And Lord tells him to tell her. You don't want to miss that shot. He misses that shot after they're possessed and hooking up because Gru is here. But Fred thought for sure they were meant to be together. Aww. We open on adorable baby Connor. It is the night of uh, winning in the wings. So Angel's just looking at his baby. Lauren joins him. <laughs> now Angel is talking about, I remember him being taller, not talking about the baby, talking about the Grusalug. He's already petty angeling all over the place. Uh, he and there really is also is. A, possibly a penis joke in there. Yeah, quite possibly. It is um it is a bummer. He is already there and ready to be petty and Lorne like is truly like the MVP of this episode in terms of just being a true friend and like such a good bro uh because he babysits and he tells Angel like all of the things I think a good friend, you know, needs to tell you, which is like, he's like, hey, so let's cut the bullshit. I can smell Cordelia's perfume on you. Something's happening. And Angel's like, no, 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 no. Um, I, I, nothing. I, I like being alone. 
but Lauren doesn't buy it. And he's I, I appreciate the again, like this the way that this season, like Angel is a person who can have friends that can like gently push back and do stuff like that is not the man who wants to sit alone in the dark that we knew from season one. And I just, I find him infinitely more interesting like this. And I'm, I'm glad to have a, just like a more realized, uh, more able to interact with other people, open to loving relationships with other people. Like even if they're just friends, Angel. And that's why I think it's so hard because he's actually opened himself up to this. And now he has to watch Cordelia choose someone else. <laughs> yeah, he tells Lauren, you were right. Cordelia deserves a champion. Now she's got one. Hmm. Aww. And he says, I'm fine. I've been a solo act most of my <laughs> 240 plus years. And, you know, when he's with someone, it never turns out well. So, yeah, fair I mean, enough. He has a point on that. Yeah. Yeah, but it doesn't stop him from uh, going back for another sniff of his jacket once Lauren's gone. <laughs> Little freak. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, Angel, don't be a creep and sniff her perfume. <laughs> don't just... Has, has anyone ever sniffed something not creepily? I think that might just be... an in- Is sniffing an inherently creepy thing? I don't have the answer. But I'm wondering, is it inherently creepy? <laughs> Those scratch and sniff stickers, they normalize sniffing and they shouldn't have. Yeah, maybe that was where we all went wrong. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. That was the key. Yeah. Um, back at Cordy's, uh, Groose telling uh, Cordelia what happened in Pylea. Mm-hmm. Uh, endless committees were formed. The committees splintered into factions. Factions turned into coalitions. Mm-hmm. Coalitions turned into subcommittees. <laughs> and finally, the more radical element spurred by a charismatic leader did the dance of revolution. Um, first of all, Gunn warned him this would happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Second of all, like with my 2021 brain, I'm like, this is like this entire dialogue is like spinoff. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, uh, Pylean coup season. Yeah, I mm-hmm. would I would watch that miniseries for fucking sure. But there was never anyone else. It was just his princess, mm-hmm. which I'm sure makes Kristen want to vomit. Yeah, I'm sure. Um for for the listener, um, Kristen has stated in public her negative, negative opinions on the Gruselug, and we are going to provoke her repeatedly until she comes on mic to uh, yell her opinions at us. I anticipate it getting pretty brutal. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he says that, that uh, she took his heart with her, mm-hmm. and then they're you know they're being cute and kissing, kissing, and it's close up. And I and I write in my notes, LOL, his wig. Oh yeah, the wig is silly, but here's the thing: I prefer it. <laughs> I don't really like the modern angel haircut. I think part of his appeal is that he's like a He-Man character. Um I like I mean and maybe that's just because like I'm a huge like Lord of the Rings D&D nerd in general and I'm just like this is part of the fantasy. Like part of it is that like Cordelia lives in this otherworldly kind of zone with all of the vampires and demons that are around her and it's like what if you got the like lovely version of that which is like the hot warrior with the long hair and I'm the princess and the like uh, elegant dress like as opposed to you know wiping uh guts off yourself all the time and having head splitting visions so I feel like grew cutting his hair and like becoming like you know angel 2.0 
it makes him less appealing to me because it feels less authentic to me. <laughs> I mean, yeah, obviously that the that's the bit that the happy medium is him with like the modern clothes, but like he just has to get hair up in a bun or a ponytail. There you go. Uh yeah, would love man bun, Grusalek. <laughs> <laughs> I decided just to say bun because we shouldn't gender buns. You know what? You're correct. Strike it from the record. <laughs> um, so then they do a little smooch. It's very tender. And then she pulls back and suddenly in Gru's place is a big black gooey monster with like spiny pointy bones sticking out, which um, kind of a mood killer. <laughs> it's a cool thing about our visions now. <laughs> Watching this with subtitles, every time Connor makes a sound, it is just, it says in brackets, cooing. <laughs> Wes is the first one at work. Uh, Angel, of course, is fishing to see where Cordy is mm-hmm. and... You know, she's been probably up all night with Gru, but he's like just talking about like catching up, but you know, Angel, where his mind is. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, his filthy mind's in the gutter. And Wes is like, well, it's good that you're here because I want to talk alone. It's the fact of him. I know his sudden arrival was something we all needed a moment to digest. Still, there are questions. You're suspicious. Cautious might be a better word. You think he's evil? Evil. Okay, maybe not evil. But he's definitely hiding something. And then Wes reveals he's actually not talking about Gru. He's talking about Connor, who he reminds Angel somewhat gently shouldn't exist. Dangerous territory there. Like Wes must be looking um, to be uh, punished. Maybe that's part of his like garbage mood that he's in right now, because I don't don't think it's, it's not that I don't think this is a genuine and honest complaint, but I I don't think you should ever say to any parent who like is like loves their child that their kid shouldn't exist. But in this case, his kid shouldn't exist. And this is a literal thing. And the thing is, Wes is throwing himself into his work with the Niazian girls because of the gun threat situation. And that's why like, he's the first one at work. He's like going headfirst into this and we'll see how that progresses. So yeah, it's just that it's just, I, I don't think he's trying to talk shit, get hit. Oh gosh. No, I'm just like, like f- my fight or flight response kicked in where I was like, you should you be careful. <laughs> <laughs> like a- like Angel has proved that he can be very defensive of Connor and Leo Rayleigh, so that's his little guy. But yeah, so he says we don't know what role he's going to be he's going to play. And Wes says we can't be afraid to ask questions, which I think is fair. Yeah, but Wes is like, I just want to keep you involved, to which Angel says, Of course, I want to stay in the loop. Mm-hmm. So note just note that. Angel wants to stay in the loop with whatever Wes is, you know, researching. Write that in your Shanshu prophecies. Hope it's good. Hope the things he finds out are positive. Yep. <laughs> Hope they're not going to ruin anything. But yeah, I'm sure it'll be great. So Cordy and Gru arrive, and Gru does a bunch of sword play, and Angel is instantly annoyed uh, that his weapons are being used by this, uh, you know, big hunky guy uh, who isn't him. Uh, and Cordy admits to all of them that she and Gru couldn't really, like, do anything beyond kissing last night because of her vision. Her, yeah, she doesn't want to lose her virginity. Which, <laughs> that entire scene is great because Wesley, point blank, asked her, why can't you have sex? Not He just he is not afraid to go there and because she would lose her virginity. 
And he says, if you want to play it that way. I screamed out loud at Wes's response to that. I was like, that is all right. Look, he's going there. I love when they're all in each other's business. Like this truly does feel like a fun little like sitcom subplot scene where it's like Cordy's having trouble getting laid and the guys are all making their little witty comments about it. And I'm like, I love this episode of New Girl. Like A plus. I mean, our girl is horny and purring and the boys are awkward. Um, which, you know, seems very true to everybody's characters. Uh, and she's like, yeah, she's like, I'm worried that if we like, like, I know the deal was that if we had sex in Pylea, I would lose my visions. But what if that happens if we do it here? And Angel's like, yeah, looks like you can't have sex. Looks like uh, you sh- shouldn't do it. What is with this show and imposing celibacy on people for magical reasons? <laughs> Let people fuck. <laughs> they, they fuck as much as they can on the WB. <laughs> Fair enough, fair enough. Um, so yeah, uh, Cordy is horny as hell, and she asks if it's possible to come without shocking. And I'm not sure. <laughs> but yeah, Angel and Wes are deeply uncomfortable as Gru just swords away, and Wes suggests a paranormal prophylactic, possibly. Which, uh, for Angel's sake, she thankfully ignores. Yeah, Angel is just like smiling painfully throughout this seen in this episode yeah it's it's interesting like the the ways that angel relates to being on the outs like you know obviously this is like there are two couples in this episode and they are wet um gun and fred and grew and cordy and wes is on the outside of the gun and fred thing and angel's on the outside of the grew and cordy thing um which oddly ends up making angel and wes kind of a couple um inherently and in that they are you know both in the same situation and like kind of only have each other to turn to to deal with it uh but it's it's interesting to see the differences in how Angel handles it versus how Wes handles it. Like, Angel is technically, like, being more of a dick verbally, you know, and that he's just like, ugh, like, this guy sucks. Like, don't we, like, isn't he shorter now? Like, why is he wearing my shirt? Like, all this stuff. But um, Angel seems to be saying the things that he's feeling for the most part, whereas Wes seems to be stewing which is worrisome. Yeah, he's letting it fester and it's not manifesting well at all. Yeah, this makes me nervous. Like I think in we we talked about waiting in the wings and kind of him having this the show seems to really want to make a meal of how bad Wes feels, you know, that Fred didn't pick him and Like, I get it. That's a valid thing to be upset about. And that's a true thing that happens. And sometimes, you know, the people we like don't like us. And it's sad and it sucks. Um, But I I just hope that I I don't, like, really remember how it moves forward throughout the season. That eventually we can stop telling stories about how sad Wes is. And start telling stories about how happy, interesting, complicated, uh, like, Fred and Gunn feel about their new exciting relationship because uh, I don't ca- kind of care like this isn't about Wes to me and I'm uh, slightly starting to resent having so much of the story weight around this be about him 
Yeah. Um. So I, which is gonna be our next scene. I was trying to find out like what where the diner was that Fred and Gunn go to in this mm-hmm. episode. I just assumed it's Santa Monica because you know the show and geography. Mm-hmm. Um, and I saw you know some Fred and Gunn threads on on like, Angel mm-hmm. Reddit. One of which is uh, basically just about how Gunn and Fred were a, a, a toxic pairing. And I read it, I'm like, this is insane. And thankfully, mm-hmm. all the replies were like, I disagree with this completely. Okay, thank goodness. <laughs> this universe tells stories about male entitlement. Um, whether it is Xander feeling entitled to Buffy's um, attentions whether it is the stuff with the trio in season six and, you know, the fact that they feel like they are owed some kind of narrative around themselves being, you know, the nerds, like, you know, becoming supreme or whatever. And now with Wes. And I think these are fair stories. And with Xander, I feel like it makes the most sense because he is a child when we start out. And, you know, teenage Mm -hmm. boys do immature things and that's like a valid thing to explore and we all feel emotions that are like icky and ugly and I don't begrudge anyone that like feeling but um, I don't know how much I want to have to sympathize with Wes being angry that a girl didn't choose him and Wes being sad a girl didn't choose him when she chose someone who was kind to her and, like we said, made a move and went through it. Like, Wes, at the end of the day, grow up, honey. <laughs> Seriously. Like, yeah. It, it, again, it's what I said uh, last episode about how just – experiencing fandom just like seeing little bits and it's just like the entitlement people felt that wesley had to fred when and like just dismissing gun's presence in that yeah and it's it's but but and i think like that fandom can't have that reaction unless the material lends credence Mm -hmm. to that and by dramatizing so much of like wes having to be like I'm sad about it. Like, it's like, okay, like, we get it. But at the same time, you're an adult. And I mean, she didn't pick you, dude. Like, I'm sorry. And that sucks. And that's no fun. But it's the reality of what happened. And at a certain point, like, you gotta honor people's choices. And to talk about the the scene with Fred and Gunn at the diner, Fred doesn't even seem to think that Wes had feelings for her in the first place. No, yes. And let's get into that diner scene because, boy dang, uh, we end the scene we were just talking about with Cordy being like, well, at least n- I'm like not alone because no one else is getting any. Cut to Gun looking at Fred, truly making eyes as she eats. And he is just so enamored with her and she is so cute and she's just like shining under his gaze. And it's truly like such a lovely, warm thing. Gunn says that he loves watching her eat, which is very cute because she does do it very adorably. And Fred is so, she's like shy. She's like, I don't know. Like she feels like she's really inexperienced. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm being ridiculous. I know. It's just, I don't have a lot of experience in this area. I spent the last five years in a cave. Yeah, I know what that's like. How could you? 
Because now, everything's so bright, my eyes hurt. Kill me. <laughs> I'm dying. I'm dead. <laughs> They're um cute. It's just so much. We know they've been eating breakfast. They've been doing this for weeks now. Again, Wesley, you weren't in the game. Again, it it is so clear that they have like a foundation for this and that this is like a very warranted next step in a process uh, between the two of them. And it's just really sweet. And I love them. And they are uh, so warm. And this made me want breakfast food so much. So I did order breakfast food uh, for dinner this night. And I do want to thank uh, this episode for that. <laughs> Thanks, Angel. You did it again. They're about to smooch, but Wesley beeps them. Do you, Latoya, do you think it's maybe time for the jingle? A certain little song to show how we appreciate Mr. Charles Gunn? Perhaps. Let's, let's play it. Check that tux. Check that bod. Cut the music! <laughs> maybe not yet. I think we have, we have a moment later that I think is, it's really going to earn that jingle. Sorry, gang, but like, later. It's, it's okay. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah. We'll play it. <laughs> We're going to play it. Come on. <laughs> Uh, bang bang um so our next scene's in the lobby the the demon's called a sneed it really doesn't Uh, matter what this demon is called who cares i know what's it Uh, no it doesn't matter yeah and it's described that it's like gonna go to mid-city to feed and i was like okay that can be like kind of a nice area even though uh, yeah i'm so they say it's in Sorensen park which is in whittier (laughs) okay (laughs) Good God. Uh, so Gru's like, you know what? I actually recognize this demon from Pylea. Like, it's simple to track, but it is hard to kill. It's Angel not, is even the Pylean demon. Eyes. It's similar. So he's just like, that's probably the same, you lunkhead. <laughs> it could be different, but I just love how annoyed Angel's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a big fucking hero who's done it all before. And I'm like, Angel, he he's nice. Like... <laughs> He all he's doing is being helpful. But Morgan, and, he's um, a roadblock to love. <laughs> uh, but hey, if we're gonna if we're going to hold Wes's feet to the fire, I do think we also have to hold Angel's feet to the fire. He didn't make the move. He tried <laughs> to make the move. And every every time he tried, Cordelia's like, oh, so I'm like stupid and hideous? And he's like, no, that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> It's so funny that, like, Charisma Carpenter, the most, like, beautiful woman in the world, has to keep being like, so I'm garbage that you'd never touch? And I'm like, no? (laughs) This is comedy? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, you do have Gun and Fred being cute, holding the book, and Wes clearly being furious at them. (laughs) How dare they gently hand the book from one to the other? Um, So Wes assigns Angel and Gru to work together, which... Angel does not like. Wesley just misses signs, obviously, because Angel's like tr- basically trying to open up to him about how much he hates Gru. And Wesley's like, I, what? I, I'm missing out completely. No thoughts, only work, only mission. <laughs> um, I love, And Angel says he's worried that Gru's going to slow him down because he's bulky. And I'm like, stop being jealous of his hunky muscles, <laughs> which... Hunky muscles. Like, Gru is giving us himbo excellence in this episode. I will bring up moments later in the app. But look, even Angel has noticed the guy's built. 
and he says he can't wait to give Cordelia the head of the demon. <laughs> He's like, I will cut off the head and I will present it to my princess. And Angel's like, yeah, I'm sure she'll really like that. What if she does, Angel? What if she does? So he gets Angel's favorite broadsword while Angel gets the small axe. <laughs> Which Cordelia just kind of just like gives like. Here, truly, take this. Like Cordy's got eyes for Gru and Gru alone. Like ultimately we can all talk about shipping until we're blue in the face. But I must say that I always, despite what, you know, my heart specifically wants, when a character is dramatized as wanting someone and they have them, I kind of can't be that mad usually. And I'm like, Cordy wants Gru and she's with him. Like, maybe there'll be time for Cordy and Angel another moment. But right now she is with someone who she's happy to be with. And I think that's really excellent. And I want that for her. And she deserves that. I will push back on that a little bit, like, in the future. Not right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Later in the episode can't wait um but yeah right now cordy seems so happy and i just want her to be happy and again as i said in the last episode gotta have sex (laughs) with someone who's not xander please (laughs) god well she didn't even have sex with xander because he lost his virginity to faith oh god they didn't even bang oh Well, okay, good. I mean, good for Cordy. But also, like, just got to be in a loving relationship with someone who's not Xander. (laughs) Um, Our next scene's in the sewer. Angel and Gru are there. Gru is sensing that Cordelia is really sad. Yeah. He, like, knows something's not right, which, oh. And Angel can't help but make him feel better because he's a good guy. Take notes, Wesley. This is the thing which, like, first big difference between the two of them. Angel says, she's not sad you're here. Like, she's thrilled. Like, he he he, he doesn't want to encourage a lie, which is good. Thumbs up. Like, again, you don't have to make them kiss, but you also don't have to keep them apart. So Angel's doing good. I'm, I'm proud of him here. Even if he's petty a lot, he, mm-hmm. he's being a good boy here. Yeah, and he <laughs> says maybe she's, you know, afraid to get too close. And he's obviously talking about himself with her. Yeah, and, and Angel kind of explains, like, she's worried by being with you she could lose something. Which I think is, like, a way to be honest with him and helpful, but also not necessarily, like, betray Cordelia's trust and, like, private stuff. Which, again, like good being a good friend like angel is being a good friend which i think is also something that's like loving and romantic to do to someone because you know if you're with someone they should also be your friend so then uh we see some blood in the sewer which like i was like angel did not need help at this point until later when he did need help i was like this guy is very easy to find so they track him through the blood we have a big punchy fight and then This monster is pushed through a wall and out into the sun. Angel stays in the dark and watches Gru save this damsel and kill the demon, which, like, turns to goo Alex Mack style (laughs) (laughs) and then disappears into a puddle. And Angel just has to watch from the shadows and be sad. Everyone celebrates Gru. Everyone in the park. They see that another L.A seeing something just disappear before them and this is not them reacting like what the fuck it's like yay you made the thing disappear 
huh? Like, I, were I in a local Los Angeles park walking around and I saw the Sinead or whatever and it got stabbed and turned into goo, which then dissolved, I would maybe not be cheering i would maybe be running away or <laughs> getting the fuck out of there get out of but, there before um, the men in black find you absolutely i don't want to get neuralized i don't have time for that <laughs> to each their own i suppose <laughs> uh but yeah wesley sees poor angel and he still doesn't get it <laughs> it's because i think he's honestly like too wrapped up in his own like pain I mean, we know that both Lauren and Fred are aware of Angel's feelings for Cordelia. Mm-hmm. Wesley hasn't seemed to to realize that. Gunn, I don't think, cares. Yeah, I think I think he's like, that's their business, which fair enough. Like, <laughs> yeah, stay out of it. I, I mean, I think we've we've made it clear we don't think Wes necessarily is like the highest romantic intelligence IQ, um, you know, s- seen by the, is that a woman in pain? <laughs> <Sounds>. <laughs> Never forget. Um, so I do think it's like, it doesn't come naturally maybe to him to read stuff like this. And I, I, I think he might just like not have a lot of like healthy experience and attitudes towards women. Like and and I don't mean this is like a hugely critical statement. I like I think I don't think he's a bad person. I think he's just like still figuring some stuff out and still dealing with some like bad stuff he's internalized and like finding himself in that arena. And mm-hmm. like I don't know, like sometimes that stuff takes you a little longer to figure out. And like, as long as you're not doing anything harmful while you take, you know, your personal journey that you need to take, I suppose that's all right. Yeah. It's just, it can be kind of like painful to watch. Anyways, our next scene is uh, in the in the office in the lobby. Angel's talking to a prospective client whose fiance of eight years has cheated uh, with what she assumes must be a witch. I write in my notes, Sure, Jan. <laughs> it's it's a, a good bit. Um, first of all, we got a, a client post provider, so they are bringing the clients in still. That's good. Um, but I, mm-hmm. I do love how this, this is like it's clearly nonsense, and then it ends up not being nonsense. I think this is this like bait and switch is so well done because I immediately was like, okay, obviously this woman's like, n- like doesn't know what's going on and like my is fiance clueless. of eight years. There's no like, reason they would leave me. Fiance of eight years, and I was like, honey, <laughs> I've heard of the five year engagement, but this, yeah, truly, it's that's a long time, and that is a, a red flag. I do hope that once she and this guy kind of are reunited after this traumatic event that maybe they have a talk about some things and kind of see where things are at because that doesn't sound like a good sign to me. (laughs) Rooting for her. Uh, Meanwhile, Wes is on the phone. He's looking for a a text like in the original Greek. It's like Niazian adjacent or at least. They were like looking for like scholarly texts, obviously, because other people would have done work on the Niazian scrolls. And while he is doing this, this is is high chief incel behavior is what is happening here i will say this is like the most trouble probably the most troubling west moment of the episode where he like essentially shifts his weight and leans back so he can just look at fred with like 
gun obscured by a column and he can just like watch her smile and laugh and like a 12 year old boy doing that i would be like of course yeah wes you're an adult man that's some count kruskoff shit yeah don't make me punch you right in your jewel (laughs) it's very transparent we know what he's doing and uh yeah, I don't I don't like it. It made me feel really yucky. But yeah, meanwhile, uh, a very angry lady, as I have in my notes, it's uh, Miss Frakes. She's like, here is the username of the, the woman, the witch, hot blonde 37159. She went into her fiance's email to find this out. What a healthy relationship. Um, I'm changing my Twitter display name when this comes out to hot blonde 3715, obviously. 159. Oh, 159. Oh, thank you. 37159. Popping that in my notes uh, for future <laughs> reference. And um, Wes is like, you know, I am just the person to help you. Um, I was just, uh, you know, hiding him from behind a column so that I could look at a woman. Uh, and he assigns a gun to this lady. But so what is... It seems to be an obvious wild good goose chase, but Gunn is still like, oh, of course I'm going to do this. He would have no reason to think this isn't a legit situation. He wants to do the work. I think maybe we should play his jingle. Well, I mean, this could be a good time to do it, but I mean, don't we kind of have something a little more bang bang coming up later? I don't know. I think we should play it right now. Right now? Yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah, sure. Why don't we start it? Wait, wait. No, not now. That's not the okay, time. Okay, later. All right, we'll yeah. do it later. We'll do it later. Um, so, uh, yeah. So, um, unfortunately, Wes's plans are foiled because Fred is like, "Of course, we're on it together," <laughs> and now he's assigned them a cute date. <laughs> and just to be clear, Gunn didn't ask her to join. She joined of her own volition. So, because th- she wants to be with him, Wesley. You see. Mm-hmm. Yes, because when given the choice, she chooses this. It isn't just something that happened. It's not just that he snatched her up first. They moved together. <laughs> Angel's being petty, but when confronted by Gru, he can't help but be decent to the guy. Wes, mm-hmm. on the other hand, acts on a petty feeling, and it immediately blows up in his face. Yep. Uh, which, let it be a lesson to you. It's not. <laughs> oh. So our next scene is an Angel and West scene. They're at the Rare Texts bookstore. Um, and Angel thinks, Angel's like, you know what? I just think that uh, that Gru and Cordelia should just do it. You know? I think they should, you should just do it and just see what happens. And, you know, who cares? Even in the scene, Wesley just thinks that Angel is jealous of Gru being, like, the new champion and not the romantic aspect of, of it all. Wes, like, again, is also kind of, like, thinking of it somewhat selfishly. And is like, yeah, office romances are complicated. <laughs> and I'm like, no, this is not about you. Like, please. And Wes is like, you really think that, like, you know, if Gru got the visions, he could replace Cordy? And Angel says, not Cordy. Aww. So then Wes says. I see. You think he could replace you? I don't know. Seems to me here's a guy who can do everything I can. A few things I can't. That's not true. You saw what happened this afternoon. If crew hadn't have been there, then the rest of us would have. Angel, 
You're the reason we've all come together. It's your mission which animates us. We each contribute, it's true, but you... You're unique. You're like one of these rare volumes. One of a kind. To which, again, we cannot have one moment of sweetness before it is undercut uh, in classic, um, you know, Team Angel fashion. And the shopkeeper comes out and is like, I've got three of them. <laughs> Meanwhile, we have Cordy cutting off the wig. Oh, finally. Yeah. In the in the Hyperion office, they're, they're making out. Uh, Cordy says she's going to do something she practiced on her cousin, which is give him a haircut. <laughs> Thank God. I didn't um, like that joke. I really like the joke where, um, however, where she's like, your strength's not in your hair, isn't it? And Gru goes, no, I believe it's in my muscles. <laughs> and then flexes and the, his arms are insane. Um, this sweet. That, that was golden... a Samson reference for all you Bible heads. For you. Yeah, for you Bible fans. Um, but <laughs> yes, Cordy's landed herself a, a prime hambo, a lovely sweet sweet boy the 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 muscles joke made me laugh so hard and i think it is just like a perfect encapsulation of him like he he does not well i mean one he doesn't know about the bible so he would not know about like you know saves the comes from a different dimension but in general he does seem to be constantly oblivious to like double meanings and deeper meanings of things but he is so readily available with his answer and his sincere offer of like, no, I'm pretty sure it's my muscles that are what makes me strong. Here they are and they're huge. And <laughs> I'm a sweet, like cute golden retriever boy. I adore him. I think that if you don't like him, you can suck You it. need to just kind of like look deep within yourself and kind of figure out what's going on there. And suck it. Kristen's I'm here. I'm right yeah. here. Yeah. I don't like him. May I ask why? <laughs> why? You know, I want a little more. Like, and I don't need the more to be bad. I don't need it to be like complicated in a bad way. But like we have referred in jingle form to Gun as a himbo. And mm-hmm. that is a himbo that I can get behind. No uh, what a Freud, Freudian <laughs> slips intended. Yeah. But like, you know, Gun Gun has a certain something. He just has moments where you're like, oh my God, that hot himbo. Mm-hmm. That I'm here for. The Grusalog has never been he look so when I when I told uh, Latoya and Morgan, I don't like the Grusalog, so call me in whenever mm-hmm. you want me to have what they consider the wrong opinion. Call me in. They asked me, when does he bother you the most? And I was like, that's the thing. It is the same general distaste in my mouth from the moment the character is introduced throughout. Like, I, there's never, like, a thing that he does. He doesn't do anything wrong. He doesn't do anything bad. Never He's not unattractive. He, uh, You know, like, his muscles are indeed nice. Mm-hmm. His wig m- makes me want to fall down and face plant, but... <laughs> Uh, <laughs> <Can't relate. laughs> yeah, he doesn't. It's he 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 isn't like a um, 
some negative, you know, he's, he's, he's just, he's nothing. He's nothing. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Here's the thing. I am never going to make you feel the thing that I feel where I'm like, I kind of low key want a poster of him on my wall that I put heart (laughs) stickers on and kiss before I go to bed at night. But and, and, and I don't think you need to feel that way to like approve of the character. It's mostly I'm just like, I want Cordy to get some time with yes. someone who adores her. Yes. Someone, I think Cordy deserves something uncomplicated. And I don't want to say that like in a, in, in a like calling grew simple way right. or anything like that. I think it's because his affection for her is very uncomplicated. Like, yeah. I mean, there's like the, there's the complication of the fact that if they have sex, it may take away her visions. But the, the, the stuff with Angel is so thorny and confusing. And even for Cordy, I think she really, really struggles to admit to herself that she's even interested in Angel. Mm -hmm. Like, there's so much self-doubt and self-sabotage going on there. But with Gru, it can actually, like, be easy and she can be, like, adored um, by him. And I I think, like, all of us adore her. And I I, I see him as, like, a vessel, as as a character, (laughs) like... Oh God, maybe that's not fair. But like a, ves- a vessel for like the affection that Cordelia deserves. Like he is someone who can give to her all of the things I think Cordelia deserves to receive. Yeah. Does that mean both that a they come and a shock? Yes, both. Um, I, I just I it doesn't mean they have to be together forever. But I, I do. No, think, that's like, fair. And and one of our listeners actually uh, tweeted back at me when I was like, I don't like the Gruselog. It was a fucking hot topic of conversation because all you love grew. So fair. But um, but Rosie was like, listen, anyone who can make Cordelia come is like good in my book. Right. <laughs> Again, I'm that's just like. fair. They can fuck. Like, don't right. you, like. I do. I do want Cord, And I do. Like, I am here for Gru in a lot of ways. I just, I don't see the appeal of Gru um, as like a longstanding thing in Cordelia's life or in my life as a viewer of this television show. (laughs) Those are my opinions. That's so fair. Before I leave you, because this is only a corner. Mm -hmm. um, But this is the only corner I get. Um, (laughs) I also... Do not think that Cordelia Chase would purr. I, I heard you say it, LaToya, that Cordelia was purring. When I heard her purr, I said, that is not Cordelia Chase. I don't think she when would have purred. When she first saw Angel, she said, hello, salty goodness. Yes, you don't think she that, would purr? No. I would say, hello, salty goodness. I would not purr out loud. I might purr in my mind. I... She is so comfortable with Angel and Wesley, though. She would purr in front of Angel and Wesley. Yeah, I'm okay. going to push All back right. on this hard. She's comfortable <laughs> with these men. You thought you were she... coming for me for Gru. Yeah, yeah. No, the purring is, this is where I draw my life. This woman has not had sex in so long. In so fucking long. She is like, and, and a man is here who wants to have sex with her, who adores her and, like, thinks she walks on water and is, like, truly, like, you know, like, once they're allowed to do stuff, like, it's going to get pretty real. She's going to sit on his face. Like, it, it congrats do to Do you think Gru Cordy would be able to Gru. handle it? That's part of my concern about Gru. Will he be able to have the kind of sex Cordelia wants to have? He's, He's the champion of Pylea. He's the <laughs> champion of Pylea. 
here's the thing. Like, whatever he doesn't know, I bet he's a quick study. That's like, true. That's th- fair. That's maybe fair. the first time's not going to be the best time, but I think it's going to get better and better as things go okay. on. And I really have to say, yeah, I think that Cordelia can can train Brew to be... But a pretty superior lover. Yeah, also, Kristen, you can't leave yet because I have to call out you comparing him to Riley Finn. Uh, I that didn't talk about I didn't. that. Jenny did. Jenny. Oh, sorry. Jenny did. I that piece didn't, of driftwood. I do not compare. I, I I see. I think that the root of my dislike of them may be found in the same place. But I do. That was just Jenny saying, I think you dislike grew. Because, like, uh, you disliking Gru is parallel to you disliking Riley. And she does have a point in that the reason that I dislike both characters is that I want a little more complication from them. Well, the difference uh, is Riley, Riley is, is treated as a serious asshole. love interest, and Riley is a piece of shit. Yes, um, Riley, also- is, Riley is an asshole, and Gru, Gru has done nothing wrong. Nothing wrong. He is a wonderful human being. I, I just don't see the appeal. And I'm not, I, I, I've been wanting to say, and we can say it now because it is factor into it. So, like, during the haircut scene, scene Gru's like, basically, will this uh, make you able to love me, you know? <laughs> and he spends the whole episode, you know, obviously, Courtney is like, I just need to be able to have sex with him. That's that's the barrier. But Gru is seeing, like, it, that's not the barrier. Like, the barrier yeah. is her feelings for Angel. She is just, like, yeah. focusing, like, this is going to be the thing that fixes everything. Like, Gru mm-hmm. sees what it actually is, even if he's not quite sure it's Angel. Like, No, he totally. Is a- and Riley aware. never did. And Riley did not show up and was not good to Buffy in many, many ways. I agree. I, I don't think that they are comparable, except for why I don't like them. One of the reasons why I don't like them. <laughs> yeah, and I think I think for both Cordelia and for Buffy, I think what you might be responding to is that Riley and Gru fill um, similar roles in being a person that I think it's important for both of these women to be with and understand this is what I receive from this kind of person. Like mm. maybe, maybe in my in my head when I'm thinking about who I should be with, do I just want a beautiful hunk with a heart of gold who does everything that I say? Like that can be like a beautiful fantasy, uh, but maybe mm. it ultimately won't be that fulfilling once it's something that you have. And for Buffy, yeah. it's like maybe what I really need is like um a person like a normal person who like is like cares about this fight but is mortal and is very like firmly entrenched on one side of it and can't see the like the shades of gray and that ultimately ends up being not what she needs and not something that is wholly fulfilling to her yeah so maybe it frustrates you that like these people are essentially kind of like characters that are like a middle step that aren't necessarily going to be endgame, but I think those characters are great. Like, I think, like, middle step love interests are characters that I tend to love so much and bring so much to stories. Like, I love, like, Merritt Weaver in New Girl, like, as Elizabeth, like, Schmidt's kind of, like, like, girlfriend, like, big serious girlfriend before Cece. Like, I think that learning what you don't want is such Mm. an important part of adulthood and experiencing 
like things good and bad and like colliding with people in ways that are like, you know, ultimately not like the thing you need the most, but are significant to you. Like, I I think that's the kind of story that this show specifically is really equipped to deal with a lot better than Buffy because I think it deals. Calling out the feud right here. Yeah. Right here, right now. No, I I just think that I think Angel does complicated adulthood stories a little better, whereas I think Buffy tends to live more in mm-hmm. the coming of age uh, yeah. place, which yeah. is why I will say Cordelia. I have we ever talked? Has anyone ever talked about how Cordelia does not feel like she's the same age as all the uh, Yes, actually, uh, I don't remember what spurred this conversation on, but our listenership has been talking recently about that exact thing Talk that Cordelia was like a teenager in one show and now is like just like a full adult person on Angel. Yeah, I that is definitely something that once in a while I think when I was watching it at like young when I was younger like the cognitive dissonance of that was very odd for me. But now watching it very separate from my time watching Buffy, I've had no issues with it whatsoever and I've been really into it. But yeah, I, there's occasionally where I'm like, "Oh, Cordelia's canonically what like 21 right now 21 right she definitely does not operate in this space as a 21 year old but then again she, neither do like, the people on Buffy yeah yes and oh, right, gosh, and that's yeah. the thing is like they've all been through they've all been through so much trauma <laughs> that mm-hmm. I don't think like age is consistent with what we might think that age Fair. is um listen before I leave my corner the one thing that the one other thing that I wanted to say is that I, this is not your intention, but listening to you both talk about Wesley over the last few episodes in a in, in a beautifully fair way has made me realize that I have a lot of issues with Wesley. <laughs> I really, I, I am like struggling with Wesley Wyndham Price deeply in my soul. He, this is a bad episode for him and he has not been showing up the way that I would like for him to show up over the last few episodes. I'm so. worried for how you will react to the rest of the season and also season four. I I will say that I now watching the show. I'm curious with, how I'm going to react to season four now with all of this. Yeah, me too. It was given the fact that I don't have like super vivid memories of the future. Like I I'm very nervous about the West stuff, and also now that I'm rewatching the full series with Michael, like Michael really loves Wes, and I am very Ooh. interested to see what our journey is going to be like going forward <laughs> watching this together. How do you know. feel about this boy energy? Because he, yeah. he also he also loves like he loves Gun. He loves he loves Angel and Cordy so much. He's like fully in love with Cordelia. And it's <laughs> like I'm like, yes, very valid, but I'm I'm wondering Mm-hmm. What that future is going to look like? Yeah, keep an eye, keep an eye us. on that boy. You know what I mean? Keep an eye on him. Take some notes. Put it in your Shantu prophecies. <laughs> yeah, keep, keep a close eye on him. <laughs> um, I'm going to leave my corner here. Thank you. You've uh, given me much real estate here in this corner. Uh, I will let you continue your journey. But yeah, I don't like. I I don't. I don't want to kiss Gru. I don't see the appeal, and I find that I have all the room in the world for those that do. So, you know, <laughs> I mean, we don't, don't want to kiss him. I, maybe he touches muscle. I don't need to kiss him. Yeah, yeah I don't want to. I don't see anything wrong giving him a little kiss if he's not. <laughs> That's what I thought. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> we wanted a little kiss. Give <laughs> if you could steal a smooch from any champion of Pylea, <laughs> who would it be? <laughs> oh, I've got ideas. <laughs> Kristen. 
Thank you, Krista. <laughs> um, I write in my notes, she really likes him. He respects her and understands her fears. Heart. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, you are absolutely right, Latoya. Like, he is sensing the hesitancy that is, like, very real and is not just about the sex. And Cordelia can't even articulate to herself that she's feeling, which I think mm-hmm. is complicated and interesting and cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Gunn and Fred are doing surveillance on the husband. Uh, I'm sorry, the fiance, not even husband. Cause it's yeah, fiance. <laughs> yeah, I mean, normally it might take you know eight years. <laughs> Girl, eight years. And also, like, based on like, this guy's a dweeb from what we see. This guy's a dweeb. I want to like take this girl out to drinks and be like, honey, eight <laughs> girl, years. Girl, you gay? <laughs> honey, girl, you gay? You gay? <laughs> I truly like. I want to take her out for pink drinks and just be like, "We got it." We got it. I mean, yeah. One, see where the night goes, because you know what's up. But two, just be like, "Are you all right? Are you okay with it being eight years?" Because if you're fine with it, then whatever. It's it's the eight years plus like the spying on him. Like, girl, you can do better. You can. That's you deserve better. Because here's the thing. Obviously, it, it is ultimately an evil spooky tree with internet who is it's catfishing like Obviously, he's people. getting catfished, but, like, it, it's a mystical catfishing. Yeah, but, I, but if, like, but the thing is, I don't, is it mystical in that, like, does it have a magic that makes you want to go fuck the tree? Because, That's the thing. I, I question. It doesn't have, like, magical interweb aphrodisiac powers because i don't think it does i think this guy is just wants to cheat on his like fiance of eight years and has fallen for the the smooth talking words of this tree the the sweet nothings this tree is is typing with its little vine fingers um what on earth I'm sorry, sir, but this this girl deserves better, and it's why I will go to a happy hour of her choosing and, you know, let her dish. There's so, there's so much cute stuff in the scene, but we just had to zero in on the creepy, weird stuff of it. Classic. Uh, so-, uh, so, so, like, season three was the first Angel season I watched live, because I was watching Buffy season six live also, right. and I, I remember, like, the tree case so vividly. I'm like, <laughs> oh, yeah, it's the tree case. Did it scare you? Because you were younger. No. Well, no, I, I think it was just, it was, it was wacky. It was fun. Like, <laughs> this and the chrome dudes at the dock, and uh, there's some other ones in the future. I think about the, them a lot, you know. I love the tree. I'm obsessed with the tree. I um I would I would like the tree to be the next contestant on the circle I mean, next you're year. You're a woman, so you keep the trees, of course. Ah, yes, of course. That's the tree, trees are a woman's game. Um so Gunn is talking about all the kinds of uh like romantic magic that could be happening, including voodoo booty rituals. <laughs> Terrible. And also he they didn't even realize that Wes was sending him out on what he thought was a wild goose chase. Like, they're taking this seriously. Yeah, they're professionals. Oh, of course they are. I'm very proud of them. Uh, Fred is, like, so giggly. And, like, she just, like, loves it. They just, like, get a probably, kick out of each other. She's so giggly. She probably canceled her podcast, honestly. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't want to listen to Fred's podcast. Um, Fred Burkle, you get one star. <laughs> so when Gunn is listing all these different types of, like, uh, romantic magic, he says... 
Then there's the all-powerful, big, brown, soulful eyes kind of magic. Kind of familiar with that one myself. Then they kiss. And they're supposed to be working, and they stop, and then they kiss again. And oh my god, uh, is gun smooth in this scene where she's like, we're supposed to be working. Like, it's like, well, this guy's like cheating. Like, we have it right. Like, we're doing that. And I'm like, you do have it right. You need to kiss more. I love both of you so much. This scene melted me even more than I had been already melted before. Hey, you know, LaToya, you know what? Now might be a good time for. Us to workshop that M. Night Shyamalan movie? Oh, absolutely. But then after we do that, maybe we could um, honor one Charles Gunn by playing his jingle. Possibly. It could be the right time. Kristen, what do you think? (laughs) I think that any time is the right time for the (laughs) gun jingle. The jingle that J. August Richards loves. Always wanted to be a himbo. Said J. August Richards. Okay, that's all I'll say. Play We're the a podcast jingle. that makes dreams come true. Hit it, bitch! <laughs> <laughs> you just wanted to say hit it, bitch. I really did. <laughs> check that tux. Check that bod. Sign me up for the gun squad. Did someone say golden god? Gun squad, game ball playing, game ball king. Sign me up for the gun squad, even when he's curmudgeon in. I'm all in on the gun squad. Bang, bang. Little Charles gonna shoot his shot. Bang, bang. Cracking skulls up and down the block. Bang, bang. Gotta smile to make the pennies drop. Bang, bang. Gun squad, gun squad. Yes, Wes is on translating duty. Mm. And, you know, Angel's feeling better after their talk, which is great. And then he sees Gru with his haircut in his clothes. And we got another pained smile from our boy. Oof, he is not liking this. Not liking this at all. Uh, but he is, I guess, grinning and bearing it. But yeah, he does look like a little angel clone, which is hilarious that... Um, Cordelia's dressing up her new boyfriend just like Angel. Huh. Um, interesting psychology going into that, don't you think? Hmm. I love to dress my new boyfriend like my boss that I have only platonic feelings for. No prank <laughs> element. My my platonic buddy that I've never thought about in a different way. Never, not even once. <laughs> and then, yeah, Cordy tells Angel that she thinks uh, Gru's a little taller. Like, girl, leave him alone. Stop <laughs> bullying this old man. This dead old man. Leave him alone. Yeah, like, come on. <laughs> he, he doesn't have a lot of positive things in his life. Like, you really need to be kinder to him. So You Cordy- were one of them, and now you're, you got Gru. Yeah, like, don't rub it in. Um, Cordy says she needs some personal help 
from Angel. And Angel is so instantly concerned and, like, puts aside his, like, nonsense and is like, please, like, tell me. He is so earnest and tender with her. I write in my notes, I'm die. Um, I, yeah, I really. This is why people hate our podcast. This you, is. You put notes like, I'm die. I'm really sorry. I cut everything I've said from the pod. <laughs> um, but yeah. I still want to do one more. It's just uh, muted. And it's you hear it like just drops and nothing we say. I still think that's a good idea. Um, but I think we should just mute me and keep you. Um, and Cordelia says, you know, you've done so much for me, but I just want to add like one more thing to the list. And Angel's like, seriously, there's no list. Like, don't worry. Uh, I do so many hearts in my notes. And Cordelia admits that she needs Angel's help to have sex. <laughs> Cordelia, I need to start playing The Sims again and then just make a Sims angel and Cordelia and get him to smash. Yeah, yeah. Look, I'll take it. Anything I can get at this point. We come back Rude from- Rude dies in the pool because the ladder's been taken away. <laughs> Don't take his ladder away. He's a nice boy. Uh, we come back from commercial. Cordy's like, it's not- like, it's not about the visions. I'm not, like, scared about that. It's me. And she says, I'm tired of being lonely. And like that at that moment, I'm just like, yeah, like, how can you begrudge her time with Gru, even if like she's maybe not being fully honest with herself about like her needs and all this stuff? I don't think being with Gru could ever be like a bad thing for her. Um, And I think that Angel kind of gets that as well. And so she's like, I did some research. There's a potion that can protect me and it costs a bunch of money and I need you to go get it. So she sends um, Angel and Gru to a brothel with a big wad of cash to get said potion. What could oh, go yeah. wrong? She says, no woman's going to tempt you, right? Because we might as well just do another eunuch line while we're at it. Because <laughs> no one on this show is allowed to fuck. <laughs> Although, it is, again, it is always funny whenever Angel says, I'm not a eunuch. That That is funny. <laughs> I do love it. Yeah, I love when he's like, stop, please. <laughs> he's like, because he says, the way he says it is like, who are you telling? Like, who have you been telling that I'm a eunuch? <laughs> Angel is worried that people are going to start to talk. <laughs> he has a reputation to uphold. Um, so then we go back to Gunn and Fred at the tree. They're looking for the man that disappeared. And... Um, Gunn is like, oh, the camera. And Fred's like, yeah, maybe he saw us taping him and ran. He goes, no, we can check the footage. (laughs) (laughs) Truly, they watched this footage and I laughed so hard when I saw the roots of this beautiful tree that they're standing at just go bloop and swallow this guy up. A plus, these effects killed me. I absolutely adored this. It's really funny. (laughs) And then it does it to them and it's even funnier. It's hysterical. I love it. No notes, only smiles from me. What a good show. It's a great show. We cut to a brothel, and I would just like to take a moment to talk about the music that's playing as uh, there is a discussion of um, various outfits. So I love your outfits. Well, I really wouldn't call them outfits. But you are together. Yes, two champions here together. Not together, together. Just get the potion together. 
porn music is pl- <laughs> it's as if it is the most like generic bad porn music i have ever heard and i was absolutely cackling and screaming i could Morgan, not handle would you like it. to talk about all the porn music you've, you've heard i do not have to be a connoisseur to be familiar with the <laughs> like like it's t- absolute awful it made me laugh so hard and then i was laughing even harder when i watched angel be sidetracked and enchanted by a sexy pillow fight it's it's enchanted everything is extended for maximum pleasure and angel's like i want some of that i'm sorry but if you like can't tear your eyes away from a sexy pillow fight you need to get laid If you can't tear your eyes away from a sexy pillow fight, then didn't, didn't work. <laughs> I liked it. I'm getting caught in the rain. <laughs> um. Anyways, I was just in hysterics. Um. The uh the boys are taken into an office in the brothel, and there is a man chained to the wall. And Gru instantly is like, we're here to save you. And like goes and tries to like unshackle him. And the man has to be like, "Ah, no, no. And Angel's like, actually, I think this is um, he likes being here. And this guy does say, don't judge me, which fair enough. (laughs) And the gal's like, "Okay, I get why Gru is here. But Angel, why are you here? Because he's in love with her. But luckily, he gets a phone call from Gun. Thank God. Uh, Gru says, um, your coat is singing. <laughs> That's not even what I'm like. I'm already just putting my hand in my hand from seeing old tree monster, as uh, the subtitles call it, tree monster. Um, the fact that the tree monster has a DSL connection to go on Lonely Hearts chat rooms. Um, the fact that Gun is calling because they need Gru's help. The fact that... They are laying next to each other and the phone is perched on both of their shoulders and they are leaning in to share it and talk on it at the same time was what killed me. The the tree monster is some real Doctor Who shit and it still looks better than it would look on Doctor Who, actually. I do think it, it doesn't look so bad. It does look hilarious, though. And the tree's voice made me laugh hysterically. Today's episode is brought to you by Regal Cinemas. If you're anything like me, you deeply enjoy going to the movies. Going to the movies is probably among my top three all-time activities. I love seeing films on the big screen. I also love being around other people who are watching the same movie with me at the same time. And of course, I love eating giant buckets of popcorn. If you feel the same and you like going to the theater, Regal Unlimited is something that just makes sense. Regal Unlimited is the all-you-can-watch movie subscription pass. It pays for itself in two movie visits. You can see any standard 2D movie anytime, no blackout dates, no restrictions. When you want to watch a movie in 4DX or IMAX or RPX or ScreenX, there's so many ways to watch movies these days, your Regal Unlimited membership gets you into those premium experiences at a reduced cost. And with Regal Unlimited, you don't only save money on the tickets, you will also save on your snacks. And as previously mentioned, I love snacks. The only thing that can make me love a snack more is saving money on buying a snack. Members get 10% off of all non-alcoholic concession items with membership. Regal Unlimited, all-you-can-watch movie subscription pass. It pays for itself 
in two visits. So if you're planning to see two movies this month, join Regal Unlimited and sign up now. You can sign up in the Regal app or on regmovies.com slash unlimited. Sign up for Regal Unlimited using code buffering and earn 10% off your three-month subscription. Please let us know about all of the movies you see and how the popcorn is. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Fred and Gunn are kind of like trapped in this new love. And like Fred, like, you know, was like, yeah, like Wesley and I are just friends and all of this stuff. But they are aware of the weirdness. And there is a reason they didn't call Wesley for help. Well, there's there's reason Gunn didn't call Wesley. Because Gunn knows. Mm -hmm. And also the fact that um, they were making out and that's why they're in this predicament. Fair enough. As if Angel wouldn't be mad about that as well. I mean, he has zero realization or knowledge that they have anything going on together at all. I don't even think he knows Wes liked Fred. So, like, he has... He's only been consider- thinking about Cordelia. He knows that Fred knows he likes Cordelia, and that's all he knows about Fred's romantic interests at all. Fair. And I do also want to say, baby. Like, I-, I-, I will say, baby Connor probably been taking up a lot of Angel's mental real estate. <laughs> um, so I do want to give him, like, slight credit for his, like, obliviousness there. I do think that explains is, a fair yeah. amount of it away. It's like, he's being a dad. Like He is a new father, and you know what? He's a single father who works too hard. Love his kid and never stops. <laughs> Gentle heart, hands in the heart of a fighter. He's a survivor, like Reba. Thank hey. you. So, with that, I think we've met everyone. We've we've met the monster, the tree monster. So hell yeah. I think it's time for fuck watch, baby. Whoop whoop. Watch. Morgan, who are you fucking, baby? This was a really tough one for me, to be honest. There are two prime candidates. I have to be honest, because one did edge out the other, and even though strategically it would make more sense for me to make another choice, um, Charles Gunn. This is it? This is, this is it? Your gun choice? This is it? He is looking respectfully, and he is just, he's so handsome, and he's so into her, and he's so, like, just, like, confident and unapologetic and hot. And because of that, gun, please. Bang, bang. <laughs> who, who is your other option? Gru. <laughs> 
Yeah, I was like, like, fuck you, Morgan. And I was like, I really should pick Gru while he still had his hair that I think is the most appealing. But it's, now it's too late. Now it's too late. Morgan, but I, I can't throw this away. You've made the right choice. We welcome <laughs> you here in the land of good choices. Oh, my God. Now I want to go back. <laughs> too late. It's too late. <laughs> hate you. Just to spite her. This is why the feud will rage on. Yeah, sorry, unfortunately, I'm not going to pick Gru. I'm going to pick Anita, the brothel lady. <laughs> she she was really hot. hot. And she like ran a brothel and it seemed cool. I want to go into the pillow fight room. And she's like observant, but like not pushy with her wares. I think that's a great choice. Yeah, it's like, hey, Anita, what's up? Absolutely. Yeah. Good choices all around. <laughs> I mean, you also could have chosen the uh, the client, the fiance. I could have chosen the fiance, and I could have chosen the tree. But you know what? I made my choice, and I am happy. The tree with is my a choice. very Morgan choice. <laughs> the tree would be <laughs> classic. Ah, so Himbo grew. Mm. <clears throat> Not thinking much. He's much like Spartacus in this season of Legends of Tomorrow in the premiere, mm. where not much of thinking, just using his muscles, which they had Spartacus. He was abducted by aliens too. Aw, classic. <laughs> <laughs> he and Sarah became alien abduction friends for a time. Aw. Um, so Grew at least does have like the the like the common sense to hand off the potion to Angel and to be like, you need to protect this for me. And Angel's like, okay, but can you just like kind of be chill for one second? And Gru's like, no! Ah! And runs in with his sword. The charging and screaming absolutely killed me. Too cute. I mean, that's always funny when you, no thoughts head empty, just run screaming (laughs) to your certain demise. Absolutely fucking hilarious. The tree instantly latches onto Gru's chest and his heart and starts sucking the life out of him, to which Angel says, that's my shirt. <laughs> we reveal the tree is made of flesh, but like we can't find that any That means or- nothing, yeah. Yeah, we can't find any organs. Um, it uses people like batteries. And you know who's a pretty dang good battery? The Grusalak. He's making the tree so strong. <laughs> what is the tree's end game? Eat? Like I don't I don't know if the tree has a has a big future dastardly planned. I think it just wants to chow down. <laughs> so Angel's like, really? He's that great? Like and the tree yells, He's magnificent. Which um absolutely destroyed me. I was Losing it. (laughs) And then Angel uses his pettiness to um, save the day. Because he is saying all the things he feels, but, like, he's also doing it as a plan. Mm -hmm. Because he knows what will happen when the tree latches onto him. Yes. Angel, Angel once again, uses acting as his greatest defense, which he also does in Billy. (laughs) And he's like, yeah, he sucks. He's not so good. Like, you know, you should, like, and he punches him a bunch and is kind of like, you should eat me instead. So the tree does, and you don't want to chomp on a vampire, and the tree's like, oh, vampire. Like, it's very silly. So cold. (laughs) And Angel's like, "Uh (laughs) (laughs) uh-huh. Sorry. Sorry. And Angel saved Gru with acting. 
What a prince. After he beat him up a bunch, that wasn't acting. It wasn't it wasn't wrestling. <laughs> yeah, no, he really did. This was a group. shoot fight. <laughs> so we go to, to Wes's office and we have uh Gun, uh Fred and Wes. And it's like, all right, like everything's good. We you know we saved the we saved the client's fiance. Um, yay, good for us. I mean, they still need to figure their shit out, as as we've talked about. Yeah, I'm like, that is only the beginning of their journey. Wes asks for a word with a gun, and he is... Okay. So... The first thing he says is, when you knew this was more than a, just a tryst, you should have told me. Number one, uh, no, he didn't have to tell you anything. That's some Billy-ass reasoning. Mm-hmm. Two... What gave you the impression it was just a tryst when he made his feelings for her clear? Three, they owe you nothing, Wesley. Yeah, I uh, fully agree. Gunn is like, hey, it's none of your business, actually. And it starts to kind of get contentious for a second. And I will say Wes does ultimately say she chose which is like, which is the point. The point is like, she picked gun. Like he does acknowledge that. So at least there is that. And he says, it's just yeah, it- important to me that she's taken care of. And I write in my notes, ugh, weird. What? She's not your property is what I wrote. And it's honestly a shitty friend thing for you to think gun wouldn't be bad for her. Yeah. And I, I just do want to say like, what is the right or mature thing to do here? Like, I th- is it- not this definitely like, not this you're, you're- i agree with that because what what is it um what says she could get hurt i trust that won't happen and, and guns like jokes like what are you her brother and what says apparently and that's shut up friend zone yeah motherfucker but that's where gun realizes that wes is genuinely hurt by the relationship and he's trying to go into friend mode with wes but wes is like has cut him off completely basically from that which that to me is also a piece of it that's just like so immature and i'm and i so i i tried to come out of the at it from the place of like okay wes is like legitimately hurting to the point where like it would not help him to be comforted by Gunn as a friend because Gunn is, like, you know, part of the thing that is hurting him. Which, like, that is a valid way to feel emotionally as a knee-jerk reaction. So what would be the honest way to actually, like, be kind and talk things out? Which I know is the antithesis of television drama. But... To actually talk things out. Yes, like, Gunn wants to, and Wes shuts it down. Yeah, so is it to be like, hey, I also have feelings for Fred. I am feeling hurt by what's going on. I need you guys to to know that, and I, like, we'll have to set some boundaries or gra- – is there a way we can set boundaries or ground rules for work? Mm-hmm. Is there a way that, like, I can take some time – Like, we can take some time, like, slightly apart. Like, can I step back for things? Like, you know, I think... They should have, have, like, a normal conversation. They could just shout it out, honestly. Or, you know, it's... Considering what the show is, they could just punch it out if they really wanted to. That's just based on what this show is. Yeah. And just that way, be done with it, you know? Yeah, the thing is that, like, it needs to be aired. Like, I, I think all of them... Yeah, the issue is that it's not being aired out. All of them are, like, living too close together, spending all of their time together. Like, I don't think you can just swallow it and move on. Like, you do have to talk about it. But you know who also deserves to be there? 
Fred. I think it's actually a really big problem that she's like banished from this conversation as if she's not a part of this dynamic. And like, to me, that is like really, that is like kind of like infantilizing towards her, like of like Wes to be like, I need to have this conversation with like Gunn and, and like make it clear that I understand he has gotten her now. And I'm like, that's not what this is about. Like, it's not about who gets her. It's about the fact that you have feelings. And it's like, also like, the tryst line that opens it up really rubs me the wrong way. I get that. I, I mean, what the what the fuck is that about? Like, why do you think that's what Gunn would be doing to Fred? Especially since you, again, you guys all work together so closely. Well, yeah, because it also brings out this dynamic that you and I have talked about before in other ways, and I think maybe a little bit here the like the the Chad Gunn and the Virgin West, <laughs> like that that West seems to have this feeling and conception of himself like implying that what they shared together could be like just a tryst feels like it falls into some category of like yeah all you can offer her is like physical stuff but I'm like you know the smart one with like the mind and like the true like pure heart who actually deserves her like I do think it rubs you the wrong way because it's painting them in that binary which is not cool and it feels really fucking demeaning to everybody involved and i i think that like you know we i know that this is like a dangerous swath of territory to get into but if we talk about this being a joss whedon show like i do think the show has always had a really complicated and sometimes really thorny and uncomfortable attitude towards sex, like with like angels for celibacy and like he can only be a good guy because he doesn't fuck and that's off the table, like which I know is a simplistic way of putting it. But there there is some ickiness here that I think I I I feel like I have to say something about. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And and I, I don't know if I'm fully articulating it here or if I'm just saying that I want this to be like a conversation that we keep open as we talk about the show as we move forward. But I think it should be. Yeah. Just but keep track of it. It's a real bummer. And it's it's not a good look on Wes, a character I otherwise love. And I I hope that as we move forward, it's something that he like confronts more. And I think that's one of the reasons that Billy is such a like a resonant episode is I do think um, I I just watched it again with Michael in my rewatch and I made a lot of jokes in the first, specifically the first season of Angel, but also the second that like every monster was the monster that likes to throw women in the garbage and Angel was always like saving, you know, damsels from being exploited by men in the big seedy city of Los Angeles. And I think Billy is the episode about that that kind of perfects the form by being the monster that makes you want to throw women in the garbage. And I I think it's because this is an idea, this show, like the way men treat women, I think this is something this show wants to talk about. But I think sometimes you feel the absence of a woman in a large creative role in this series. Like who is... Who like I, was the woman like most in charge in all of this? Like Mary Smith was a writer, but like I, I think I've said this before. Maybe not, not definitely not on the podcast. I think I've thought this before. I feel like 
Marty should have been the one to take over Angel instead of Buffy. Yeah. And I think I, I, I always say like Marty taking over Buffy. It's like she was the best writer. She should do it. That's just my opinion yeah. in, in general. But I think she, her sensibilities and this show's sensibilities really meshed well, which I think Marty Noxon as a showrunner for Angel would have been amazing. I fully agree. And, and I, 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 which I appreciate having Fred around in the season. And I know I've mentioned it a couple times, having an additional woman in the cast, like it puts so much less like weight on Cordelia to be like the girl. Like it, it allows you to tell more like complicated stories with different types of women and like two women relating to one another and all of this kinds of stuff, which is great and necessary and something that I want to see and like would have been nice for like Gunn to have another black character to interact with and like, you know, the list goes on and on but what are you gonna do um i like i i do feel like this show can do so much like darker more nuanced storytelling and explain a lot of shades of gray and a lot of things about like redemption and how we treat each other and what's forgivable and what's not and i think touching on that and not ultimately resolving it could be a big problem and i feel like the men writing it maybe don't see it as something that needs to be handled or resolved, but also I'm not at the end of it yet. So who knows how I'm going to feel later. Yeah. It's just that a lot of it reassessing some things, obviously, and like addressing things I brought up in like fandom, Mm -hmm. which, you know, just seeing at the time, like the Wesley things, especially like, I'm looking forward to things in the future, but I'm also now kind of afraid to, to go back. Cause, like, Cause I remember it even more vividly mm-hmm. and you know, the way it's framing things now with Wesley, I'm just like, I'm really upset. <laughs> and you know, I love Wesley, but I feel like they towed the line very well and waiting in the wings with his character Absolutely. And here. It's just like, come on, dude, fuck off. And I, I like, I like it in the sense that it does get him to, you know, bury himself in his work. I like that aspect of it, but like the fact that he acts on his pettiness this way in the way Angel does not, which again, this is kind of the Billy thing too. That that is what happened. Wes, we gave into those instincts. Angel did not. Mm-hmm. It, it just it show you how wholly different those two men are. Even if you know, yeah, I don't even know necessarily if that is the what the intent is here. Like it wasn't Billy, yeah, but like it, it does. Billy has turned out to be a very important part of the season, hasn't it? Yes. And and I, I, you know, when Michael and I were done watching it, he's like, I think this is the best episode of the show. And I'm like, I think there's a really good argument to be made for that because I do think it is like it, it's really resonant and feels like it's dealing with some like very real ideas with these characters. And I really love it. And like also like the direction's fucking great. Like it's just it's great. But it doesn't feel like it has the woman's side of it handled or like what it's like to experience this kind of stuff as a woman other than like the baseline like obviously it's horrifying (laughs) like yeah because i also think there's something to be said about the fact that these emotions come that that wes is feeling that we're dramatizing come from a real place and i don't think necessarily like like the hurt is not the problem. It's like the it's the entitlement. How, it's Yeah, how that manifests itself, yeah. I wish like I think it would be really compassionate to be able to tell the story about him 
allowing that stuff to motivate him the wrong way and having to deal with those consequences and learning about it. Like, but I, I'm worried that they, that won't happen. And I'm worried that like, he won't, his feet won't ever be like held to the fire really for these kinds of like attitudes. At the same time, like that's part of the reason why I think the show holds up as well as it does. And it's kind of ahead of its time in a way. It's like kind of a cable sensibility Mm -hmm. too. If you think about it, if like, he's not really held up to like the standards you think it's like what showtime tries to do with television shows and you know it's how we get dexter but like in a good way yeah no no no. like the the and again not that i say we have to punish um every every bad guy must be appropriately punished and every good guy for like the but story to be good these are shows that are very much about punishment too so that's the reason why if, yeah if it's not if the show was trying to pretend that wesley's in the right and they don't punish him quote unquote punish him yes. for his behavior, then what is the message we're sending? Yeah, when here? these stories are about heroes always picking good as, heroes and redemption. You know, good over evil yeah. as much as they can, always trying to keep fighting, etc. You do expect them to be held to a certain higher standard. I think it, it is like a fear of not being able to fully tell the story in as complicated a way as you would need to. And I think they're afraid for like Wes to look as bad as he would if they explored this fully but also i think he's already looking pretty bad in this episode like i there were things like i felt gross at times and mm. i didn't like feeling like that about a character that i like but I, I i also don't think that like my favorite characters can't do bad things like i do think that's allowed if you close the loop yeah i think the cable comparison also works because then and especially with the way fandom receives it, it's like, well, no, no wonder Gunn's the quote unquote bad guy who got in the way. Like, he's stopping our hero, even if they're a, an asshole, mm-hmm. you know, from doing the thing we want him to do. It's like the Walter White, Skyler White situation. Yeah. It's every anti hero of the past 10 years mm-hmm. and, you know, that bitch who tried <laughs> to get in the way. And I guess in this case, Gunn is that bitch because Fred, unfortunately, is not the central figure. She is the prize to be won, but she is not the central figure. It is this. P- tug of war between these two men yeah and i think the failure to dramatize her internal process about all of this is kind of a problem and maybe that's coming but it not being here yet is starting to grate on me as cute as gun and fred are which like let me just say they're cute as hell and i would do anything for them um and i will watch them eat breakfast yeah, food I didn't... forever but i, I do want yeah. fred's side of things yeah, I didn't really look too much at the script for this episode beforehand like I did pre- previously. But, like, I've made clear how, you know, a lot of the script has, like, the internal thoughts of mm-hmm. these characters. And I don't think I, I have much of that with Fred in these scripts, I'll just say. So even if it's not, you know, out there on the screen, it should be on the page. And I don't think it's so much on the page. Either. Yeah, and that's that can be kind of troubling. Okay, so that was the deep dive, I guess. <laughs> deep dive over. <laughs> Our next scene is in the Hyperion lobby. Uh, Cordy rips Gru's shirt off, which makes Angel wince. (laughs) I appreciate this season being like, okay, Angel likes his clothes. All right. Yeah, he wears leather pants sometimes. He likes the way he he dresses. Casual leather pants. (laughs) Lounging about leather pants. Imagine being comfortable in a pair of leather pants. (laughs) <laughs> the only leather pants I ever owned were fake leather. They were olive green, and they were from Mary-Kate and Ashley's Walmart collection. And one time, I sang a Cheryl Crow song in them at a Boys and Girls Club <laughs> talent show. 
Um, so Gru has a confession and he's about to tell like Cordelia what really went down and Angel swoops in and is like, he, his confession is that he was super brave and did a great job. And Gru's like, no, I was like reckless and Angel saved the day. I mean, it would be aw, but uh, Corey's like, Gru just gives away credit. Who does that? It's like, Angel just <laughs> did that. <laughs> Again, Corey just like truly so aggressively oblivious to her affections for Angel, which I think is fascinating. And I do buy. Yeah, yeah I'm like, she's really just putting all of her eggs into the Gru basket, especially after waiting in the wings and how that awakens some things and things were inserted. Uh, and things were, were not perky. Like, I think it truly just comes from a place of, like, not wanting her calling to get crossed with, like, the romance. Like, I think it's too important to her. Like, I think the idea that, like, being romantic with Angel could in some way interfere with, like, her duties as Vision Girl, I think it scares the hell out of her. Because I think she's found so much of her identity in doing this that she does not want to cede yeah. any of it to, like, the doubt and the uncertainty and, like, the risk of putting her heart in someone else's hands that she would have to with Angel. And I, I really think I love that, like, as a story. Like, I think that's really... I feel that. That's very resonant to me. Is it resonant to you that Cordy's ready to go off and fuck Gru? <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> I write in my notes, Cordy horny for humility. <laughs> Angel has her state back real quick. He gives her a bunch of money. Everyone's just passing around wads of money in this, <laughs> this episode. Tells her to take a couple weeks off. Take Gru someplace nice. Someplace where there's sun. You'd like that. I teared up. Of course you did, you little bitch. Of course I did. Like, that is, he is giving her what he, like, what he can't, you know? Like, the idea of being, like, be with this guy who can do, you know, like he said, everything I can do and some things that I can't. I don't know if it's a spoiler. Just, it's information. Um, We're gonna have, not gonna have Cordy for a few episodes. Charisma was off on her honeymoon. So Aww. that that's what this is. Oh, well, good for her. Yeah. Um, my uh, my final note for this scene is Wes and Angel share sad single boy look. New York, lonely boy. <laughs> but it's, wait, L.A., lonely, lonely boy. boy. <laughs> Another L.A. lonely boy. I have not heard New York, lonely boy yet, but I have heard of it. I cannot wait. Girls, You're going to love it. You're going to love it. But yeah, before, before she goes, she's like, she realizes finally, like, oh, I could patch you up, Angel. And he's mm-hmm. like, I'm, I'm good. And Lauren is, you know, putting Connor to bed because Lauren's in two scenes and he's bookending the episode, mm-hmm. apparently. Yeah, and he's Connor's official nanny. Um, the nanny and named he- Lauren. <laughs> and, you know, Angel, he, like, th- I love this moment so much where he, like, looks at his son and he's like, you know what? I'm going to be fine. Like, he... He gave away this thing with Cordy, but it's it's not out of this desire to be a martyr that has nothing. Like that is very season one, Angel, I feel like, to be like, mm-hmm. let I let the girl go so that I can be sad alone in my dark room. Yeah, gonna it's like, read no. a book in the dark like a little weirdo. It's like I let the girl go so that I can keep focusing on both the mission and my son, and so that she can ultimately be happy. Like all of that positive, good, like That's healthy, healthy. Downstairs, Wesley <laughs> writes the sun. 
with an O and not a U. Mm-hmm. Angel comes in with a baby. Wes thought he was alone. Angel says, so did I. Aww. And looks at his son, who he loves. He gives him a kiss. He gives him a kiss. It's so cute. Daddy Angel strikes again. And that's at the end of the episode. Nothing bad happens. Nope. Definitely we don't widen out on the legal pad that Wes is working on to read, the father will kill the son. And I definitely don't write, oops, in big <laughs> letters in my notes. <laughs> Why can't we have nice things? <laughs> that is, that is couplet. Um... I know I'm feeling in need of some comfort. Maybe the warm embrace of the WB? Hmm. Possibly. Hit the theme song. Angel is a vampire. Does he even like TV? I think he'll like the WB. <laughs> they got that hot teen drama to ease the pain and trauma. couplets mm-hmm. what an episode of angel so i was <laughs> i was scrolling through the wb rolodex you know about couples and third wheels and all that fun stuff <laughs> and i should note last week i chose dawson's creek or la- the last episode i chose dawson's creek which was my second dawson's creek episode actually hell yeah but to be fair the high school season and the college season are two different shows one is dawson's creek one is joey's creek so of course there you go Again, Katie Holmes is the only person in every single episode of Dawson's Creek. That is a fact. Baffles me. But I still haven't picked the Joey's Mugger episode yet, so just you wait. (laughs) What awful episode of Angel is going to inspire the (laughs) Joey's Mugger episode? (laughs) I don't know if there's an episode that bad in my future. We'll find something. (laughs) We'll find something. With that in mind, I I chose what I believe to be the spiritual successor to Dawson's Creek, Mm -hmm. most notably in the fact that they filmed in the same uh, town and they had James Vanderbeek playing basically the meta version that he would play of himself like pre-Apartment 23, Mm -hmm. um, the type of person Dawson Leary would hate. (laughs) And uh, this is One Tree Hill, season one, episode 18, To Wish Impossible Things. (laughs) A.K.A. the date auction episode, mm-hmm. uh, an early classic in One Tree Hill history, and one that provides us with, with plenty of couplings, or couplets, if you will. I will. Plenty of jealousy and trying to figure out what relationships will work. You got Brian Greenberg as a, the hottest teen dad, the side of Andrew Keegan. <laughs> it just depends on your type. If you want a hot Andrew Keegan teen dad, you watch Seventh Heaven. Mm. If you want a hot Brian Greenberg teen dad, you watch One Tree Hill. Pick your poison. <laughs> Just knowing that one will be seventh heaven. <laughs> Angel, you might be feeling like these pairings, they, they got you down. But you know what? Parents are always flip-flopping. <laughs> Things are always changing. The wind will change. Maybe it won't always be Gru and Cordy. Maybe one day it will be Gru and Fred. Maybe <laughs> one day it will be Gun and Cordy. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> Maybe one day it will be Angel and Wesley. We can only hope. I love it, and I hope, and I bet Angel will love it too, as he hold as he holds Connor and lets him fall asleep to the soft tones of Chad Michael Murray. Angel is a vampire. Does he even like tea? 
Couplet. Um, if you would like to follow us on social media, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Angel on Top Cast. You can support us in the Angel on Top Patreon, which you can find at angelontop.com. Um, if you go to our Patreon, you can have access to fun things like jingles and bonus episodes, like our movie co- podcast, Girls on Film. We've covered Down with Love. Legally Blonde, and soon Anna Karenina. Um, So that is going to be hugely fun, and you should join us there, please. Uh, LaToya, where can the people find you? Don't. (laughs) If um, you should want to follow or find me, uh, you can find me online uh, on any social media platform at Lorgan Mudich. Um, and that is all for us. The next episode titled Loyalty. I wonder what that's about. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.